Champion Conversation Podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This podcast series provides a space for some fabulous people to share their stories and find a voice within our ever-changing world. It is a space that simply encourages sparky conversations, because there is most definitely always something to be learned from every interesting conversation, however unscripted. At its heart, this podcast is built on the belief that each of us experiences the world in our own unique way, meaning that we all have our own story to share. The Coffee and Conversation podcast aims to uncover a range of perhaps previously unheard stories in an informal, engaging way, so that we can all connect, explore, grow and learn from the great people behind these tales. Happy listening. Welcome to this 12th edition of the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Today is something slightly different. I don't have a guest, I just have myself, um, a pint of water and a microphone and I am intending and hoping to record over the next uh, 25 minutes or so some reflections from the first 11 episodes of the podcast that I've recorded. A couple of weeks ago, um, Simon, who I interviewed on the second podcast, asked me what I'd learnt from the conversations that I'd had, given that I talk about there being something to learn from every conversation. And I thought that was a really interesting question. And it's something I've been pondering since, and hence deciding to record this podcast as a reflection on some of the things that I've taken from the great conversations I've had so far. I think probably firstly, the thing to say is that I've realised I say um an awful lot. And today I am consciously trying not to um, uh, ah, all those other things that all of us probably do in our everyday natural speech. And it's not until we listen back to ourselves that we realise how many pauses or strange little noises we make in the, in the course of conversation. So my intention is, is just to record this straight and, and just to share with you a few things that I have taken from each conversation and also some of the connections I've made between the things that my guests so far have said. So let's go right back to the beginning. Um, and actually, no, before we go back to the beginning, I think maybe I'll share a little insight into um, my take on learning and what I believe learning to be, because I think that's quite critical, really, when somebody asks you what you've learned. I think often we think of learning as, as something that kind of is delivered or happens. So we talk about learning outcomes and learning opportunities and facilitated learning. And for me, I've always struggled with that a little bit in terms of being able to go on a course, for example, or attend a webinar or some of the things that I've been delivering over the past three months or so and see it as learning in that moment. What I've come to think of learning as for me is definitely a process and my process is that perhaps I'll have a conversation with somebody or I'll attend a webinar or I'll read a book or somebody will share a video with me or I'll see something on Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram um, and it will just spark an interest and something will resonate in my mind and it might just be as simple as oh that's interesting or oh, I hadn't thought about that before but there'll be something about that moment or that phrase or that quote or that video that really just captures my attention and perhaps it just sits in the back of my mind or the forefront of my mind as I go on about my business for the next few days or weeks or hours or, or months and at some point I'll make a connection or something will happen in my life in my day that'll prompt me to think back to that moment and suddenly that it will start to make sense and I'll start to be able to connect some dots or join some or make some connections between bits of information and that for me is when I start to feel like I've learned something 
when I've been able to make sense of something and relate it to something that's happening in my daily work or life or or anything else that's going on really. Um, so that's really, I suppose, a, a starting point. So when Simon and others have said to me, well, what have you learnt? Um, at that point in time, probably it's the things that I've noticed. So what I'm going to share with you over the next um, little while is a combination really of the things that have stood out for me between in each conversation, the connections I've perhaps made between conversations, and then some maybe reflections on how I'm putting it into practice or using this new insight or these new ways of thinking to approach stuff that I do on a daily basis, um, whether it be in life or work, and, and see where we go from there. And I've already realised that I've probably said um about six times so far, so um, please don't anybody start counting. So let's reflect back to my first conversation, and uh, that was with Nikki and Barbara, two people who I've known for a long time, and you know, we've built a, a relationship whereby yeah, we have fun, friendship, but also some really interesting conversations over the course of the, the last few years. And the quotes that both of them brought, uh, although they haven't, hadn't consulted beforehand and hadn't talked to each other, it, it was really noticeable that there was a real connection and synergy and um, shared sense of um, I don't know, shared sense of purpose almost between the things that they were talking about. And the things that stood out for me really were, Nikki talked about this idea of the differentiation between the words helping, supporting and serving. And I'd never really thought about this word serve before in the sense of coaching or mentoring or working with other people, because it sort of felt a bit like a, you know, the word servant and it, it didn't feel like something that I did. But what's been really interesting is reflecting on that and seeing how other people have started to use that word or debate what they do. And it really kind of, I suppose, really came into my head and sparked me thinking when Sarah, who was in podcast nine, in a conversation after we recorded the podcast, just in the course of conversation, talked about serving her clients. And there was no prompt from me, no... Uh, you know, had you listened to this podcast? And I picked up on it and I said, to her, oh, that's really interesting because, you know, I'd never used, thought about using that word until Nikki's conversation and Nikki's quote. And Sarah just said, well, I've never thought of anything other than serve. Uh, and that's what I do because it's about me, you know, building a relationship with people, but it actually ultimately it's about them and their development. And so it's my job to serve and find out what they need. So two things, I suppose, there. One is something new that came out of a conversation, but also then a connection with a conversation nine weeks later that really started to, to give me another perspective and think about um, what that word meant and actually how I could start to interpret it and make sense of some of the things I do, which much of my work is mentoring others. It's supporting, it's working, it's coaching um, in its broadest sense of the word. And I did start to really contemplate whose needs am I serving? Who, you know, whose success is this about? And in conversation with a coach a number of weeks later, talking about the difference between coaching uh, elite performers versus six-year-olds in a playground and the challenges of trying to get the six-year-olds all lined up and doing what they're supposed to. And we just had this really interesting conversation about, well, whose who's success are you trying to, to manage? Is it you know, the child who actually would go away from a session having maybe done nothing more than handstands and cartwheels in a football session 
and actually said that was the best thing they'd ever done. Whereas in the parents' eyes, perhaps that wasn't successful because they'd done handstands and cartwheels rather than played football. And it just, again, made made me think and start making connections over this idea of serving and you know whose who's success, whose um, ambitions are we all trying to trying to develop and ultimately perhaps I am coming to that conclusion that um, serving is 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 a really key part of what I do and it's perhaps not um, you know described in ways than that which I would have thought previously um, which then l- links me on to another reflection which has come across all of um, the podcasts really in terms of the use of language and moving building on from that idea of of, um, helping, supporting, serving, perhaps meaning different things. You know, the power of language and a quote, and this this randomly came about through a conversation with my husband who said, oh, you'll like this quote. And the quote was something along the lines of, if um, Moses has said to the Israelites, I'm promising you a land of mammary secretions and insect vomit, I don't think the uh, reaction would have been quite the same as it was. And you know, reality says that actually that's milk and honey, but just in a different language. And just really intrigued me in terms of how we use different words and mean different things. And that came up again in terms of perspective uh, in a later conversation with Liz and Jenny, where we talked a lot about perspective and diversity of thought and seeing things from different ways and how somebody's mundane activity, in this case of Liz's going to the post office, um, just by questioning and Jenny being curious about, well, why were you going to the post office? Suddenly opened up this whole interesting story and, you know, revealed some of the challenges around the structure and what that journey had entailed and the experiences and the conversations that Liz had had with her son along the way. And really opening up, you know, a whole different conversation just because somebody was curious curious enough to ask a question. And reflecting back, again making connections to that first podcast with Nikki and Barbara, Barbara's quote was around the art of conversation. It was a book she she brought. And really what I think for me came out of that conversation was, you know, how we show up and listen to people and do we really listen to what they're saying and the silence and everything going behind it and how important it is that we do take time to really understand what's going on for somebody and if we are looking to help other people and you know certainly from my perspective I suppose as a leadership developer a a mentor really trying to get insight into how that person's feeling you know what their context is what their environment's like, what's going on in their mind, you know, what's going on for them, what's important to them. And I can only ever know that if I ask and listen. And certainly that's something that has come out right from the start. And also really consciously as I've gone through the process of learning how to do podcasts and listening, um, almost sometimes sitting on my hands or biting my own lip because I'm sort of so curious about what somebody has said, I'm desperate to ask a question. But actually, the most valuable thing I can do is perhaps just sit back and listen and see where they take the conversation rather than me imposing my question or my curiosity on where that person might be you know, exploring or what might be going on for them. So it's certainly that idea of listening and, and really 
giving the time and focus and appreciating that perhaps we do all experiencing things in different way and that the only way we can learn that is to pause and listen and hear what the other person um, is, is talking about. And maybe something in there about um, hidden words or hidden meaning uh, or not, you know, not seeing what's going on um, came up for me in episode three when I talked to Philippa uh, around her research and you know, the work and, and her passion for uh, gender equality and equity within sport. And one of the things that really stuck in my mind from that conversation was um, when Philippa talked about the research she did with, with um mergers of, of organisations and cricket men's and women's associations and that on one hand you know I'd always perhaps seen as a merger between a men's and women's union as a positive thing because it was really starting to um, you know show that there is one voice and um, you know, things are, are really moving forward and yet going away from that conversation with Philippa I really began to reflect on well Actually, if a male organisation, for example, takes over a female organisation and that board or that organisation structure becomes very much governed by the men's side of the, the sport, then actually the women lose their voice. And that may not be intentional and it may not be something that's deliberate, but that almost is a hidden outcome of something which is seen positive for, from an equality and an equity standpoint. And perhaps that's perhaps that has come to mind more and more in the last few weeks with all of the um, you know the press coverage around the Black Lives Matter work and you know the idea that there's this tension between well Black Lives Matter and all lives matter and you know for me it really did start me thinking around it's that actually the hidden things and this idea that um, privilege is invisible to those that have it so actually if we aren't faced with those challenges on a daily basis we don't see what's happening. So thinking back to that conversation with Nikki and Barbara and Barbara's, you know, talking around, actually, we need to listen and really hear what's going on. For me, really started to come to um, to make sense and really feel important because we can only understand somebody else's perspective and see things that um, we may not necessarily understand or appreciate in the first instance if we're willing to listen and to ask and be curious and see what's going on. And also appreciate that our own perspective is just one way to see the world and that not everybody will share our same view and same perspective. So just, I suppose, picking up maybe some themes that that came out from the conversations I've had. And, and I have to say it would be really easy for me to sit here and go back through every single conversation uh, and pick out the things that I found interesting. Um, but perhaps I won't do that because we could still be here three, four, five hours time um, because I genuinely have loved the, the conversations I've had and uh, actually realised, you know, maybe this is an aside, I've realised how much I miss that um, ability at the moment to be able to, you know, meet somebody for a coffee and have a random sparky conversation over a cup of coffee in reality. And it's kind of been a good second best doing it on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever platform we've used um, over a virtual coffee and still being able to have conversations with people and, and be curious and explore things. But there definitely is something about being able to sit with somebody. And, and I think when you're in person, you can perhaps sit with the silence a little easier than you can when you're on video call, because there's almost something very um, upfront. You're sitting opposite somebody on a video screen and 
you feel like if there's silence, you've maybe all, you know, almost got to feel that silence. Perhaps that's just me. That's maybe that's a reflection from me. But I sometimes feel maybe, um, and this is a reflection of actually doing the podcast. That you know, in person, um, if you're sat in a, a nice environment and you know the, the, there is a natural pause in the conversation where perhaps both of you are thinking or reflecting or or just looking out the window, um, it's easier to have that silence when you're in person with somebody than it is uh, over a, a virtual platform. But I'll leave you to contemplate that and see see what you think about uh, those sorts of things. And other themes that have um, perhaps emerged, actually no, because themes don't emerge, so I must be really clear in terms of using my research head that uh, themes don't just magically appear or emerge. Um, we construct them based on our own experiences and, and what we're hearing from conversations. So um, let's let's reframe reframe that and say you know themes that I that have felt uh, re- felt important to me or I have actually you know looked and made those physical connections or those virtual connections between the conversations I've had. Um, and an interesting one which I perhaps didn't expect to come up has been uh, maybe around risk and um, outdoors and being active and. From my conversations with um, with Dave Pageant, with um, Claire Buckle, and with Nigel Vardy, I think there's something about this idea of risk and um, being accepting of risk as part of how we learn and learning. You know, whether it be in the outdoors and Dave talking about his huge expeditions um, to Kilimanjaro and his backpacking exploits in the UK. Um, or you know Nigel talking about his uh, young experiences as a youngster and in the outdoors, or now working with with young people and leadership and and using the you know using those risk and that uncertain environment of the outdoors to help people learn to you know make decisions and problem solve and those sorts of things. Um, through to Claire talking about this idea of you know not quitting and you know being able to help somebody see what they can do as opposed to being restricted and limited by what other people perceive they can't do. I think that really, to me, has, as I suppose, um, yeah, hit home or really stuck in my mind as that idea of um, perhaps this is less about, or maybe life is less about uh, managing risk in a sense of eliminating it. Maybe it's more about accepting it as a dynamic um, fluid thing and if we're able to you know continually assess what's going on around us and you know maybe be willing to jump and push ourselves forward occasionally then actually that's how we learn and grow and develop uh, and become curious and we'll explore risk a little bit more in the, the next episode um, coming out in a week's time where I'll talk to uh, Jonathan Dempsey who um, his work is in risk and health and safety and environmental management so you know that's again an interesting for me a theme that I perhaps hadn't expected to arise from the conversations but is something that I've noticed and has been interesting to carry to carry on a big thing for me that um, I've loved I've really enjoyed and I you know really value actually from all of the the conversations I've had and conversations I have with other people away from the podcast as well is the openness and um, willingness to share that people come with and that was always an intention and a, and a desire for this podcast was to create almost an unstructured informal conversation 
um, that perhaps started with a quote and gave us a focus and a, a, a vehicle for the conversation. But beyond that, we didn't have a structured agenda. We didn't have um, pre-prepared questions in terms of, you know, this is what I'm going to ask you and, and, you know, are you happy with the answers? And just that natural ability to see where the conversation flowed is something which I have really valued for a long time in terms of you meet somebody for the first time and, you know, you're both willing to be a little bit curious about each other and ask ask questions in terms of where they what they believe in, what's important to them, where their family is, where they're based. Um, dogs, I've noticed that's been a good theme. You know, we've had a few uh, sleeping dogs on the podcast, which has been which has been really good. But it's that you know, it is there's something which I really value about you know no agenda conversations where you turn up. You know, you know there's a mutual interest in something, and the conversation naturally flows where you can both go away from it going, yeah, actually that was a good half hour, that was a, an enjoyable half hour well spent. And actually, yes, I've come away with some food for thought. So whether it be talking to, in the second episode, you know, talking with Simon around, you know, collaborative leadership and this idea that um, actually it, it's maybe not necessarily about your destination, but it's about the journey um, along the way and who you meet uh, and the people that you come across that really enable you to uncover your potential. Uh, and I think his quote was around, you know, I am where I am, but it's not maybe not where I expected to be. And that's certainly a theme that um, I have um, sensed, or certainly is something that has has come up in my head um, once I've you know talked to people in terms of um, you know thinking about Nicola Smith, you know, saying what do I want to be when I grow up uh, in the in the eleventh episode, and actually having a sense of. You know, I never really knew what I wanted to be, and I you know, had to experience. Perhaps I'm I'm where I should be right now, but actually, this is about me um, experiencing what I've experienced, and then using that experience uh, to match my situation right now and enable me to make some of those decisions about what I want to do, what's important to me, and some of the things that um, you know I I may go on to experience, but perhaps never plan to. Uh, and I certainly think that has that has um, come out for me in a few of the conversations. Another um, theme I uh, I really enjoyed hearing, and you know, the, a word that was used a lot in various conversations was the word care, and perhaps compassion came out a number of times. And you know, I I I loved hearing that partly because I suppose my own belief is around great people making amazing things happen and certainly I have um, underlying values around care and kindness and compassion and it perhaps surprised me how many times those themes those um, words those sentiments came out in the conversations I had and I definitely sense that there is this um, actually maybe it's an inherent goodness in in many people that it's a about people and certainly from a coaching perspective and the people that I've talked to um, you know I look down the list in front of me and many of them are involved in whether it be sports coaching or executive coaching or working with people leading teams in the outdoors in um, you know education environments with students or whatever it might be there is something in there that has a belief in the good of people and that actually by developing and creating caring trusting respectful environments it is possible to support others and maybe serve others as Nikki would would say through her quotes uh, and you know support and see people progress and reach their potential and definitely those 
things resonate with me as an individual who you know absolutely believes that great people make amazing things happen and it's you know it's certainly possible to achieve great things if you put your you know your mind and your efforts and your focus on things but actually that along the way you do need other great people in your life and you know there there I have my research my own research comes to my the forefront of my mind and I suppose maybe that's a lens in which I've engaged in all of these conversations uh, with the things that matter to me and the things that are, are uppermost in my mind at the moment which you know are the outcomes of my um, PhD research into leadership and change and looking at you know what 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 is a great what does a great leader look like how have they developed their skills and the five core themes that I constructed from my research um, talks about or, or I'm now able to talk in terms of you know great leaders being really curious all of the people I interviewed and worked with had this inherent curiosity about themselves and about others and you know really wanted to know what made people tick and you know I feel like I've heard those things coming out through all of the conversations I've had equally the people and the great leaders that I I worked with and, and interviewed they all had a real clarity of purpose and sense of who they were so they knew what mattered to them they knew their values they knew it was important to them and again through a number of the conversations that feels like it's come out as a as something that um, a number of people have spoken about in terms of identity and that being important in terms of knowing you know who they are what matters to them and using that as a guiding a guiding a guiding stick I suppose in terms of making those choices going forward but also acknowledging that that takes time so perhaps um, as Nicholas Smith talked about in her early um, you know leaving leaving university not really knowing what she wanted to do but actually there were things that she knew were important to her and that's helped her you know make choices later on in her career the next two themes that I constructed through my research and that that you know I certainly believe um, were experienced by all of the people I worked with were that they were surrounded by great people they were you know, these great people could have been teachers coaches mentors um, first bosses um, parents you know key peers friends colleagues but they were people who um, were really supportive and created a sense of trust and safety around things that were happening so for example if it was a boss that boss would be somebody who you know they knew that they were there if they needed them but equally they knew that that person trusted them to go off and give things a go and they were there if they needed support they were there if they needed a, a shoulder to cry on or a, a conversation to say look I'm just thinking about this is this okay um but they you know they were surrounded by these great people throughout their career and throughout their life and I do believe that that's really important and and actually what I feel that I've seen through the podcast is is I feel like I've talked to a number of those great people um, all of whom have other great people surrounding them and I suppose what I when I talk to a lot of people that I mentor or work with you know I, I ask that question who are your great people so who are the people around you who you know are there when you need support who's the person that you know if you're feeling down or sad who's the person that you know you can phone up and they'll make you laugh who's the person that you know you can phone up and you know have a motivating conversation with who's the person that you can phone up and say help can you help me with my tax you know for me thank you Richard my brother um that's you so yes I'll, I'll always value that um as well as as our conversations about football and other things um and that links on to the the fourth theme that that um 
I uh, you know created and developed through my research was this idea of nurturing environments and that all of us and all of the leaders that I talked to really benefited from places where they felt safe and trusted and they felt like they belonged and I think about in this instance the conversation I had with Sarah and Georgie and how we all talked about the relationship we've built virtually actually through our conversations where we feel like it's a trusted space to try new things to share ideas to listen to hear what other people have to say and to and to give each other a bit of a reflective space and a bit of challenge to support our thinking and equally as I reflect and look at the the other people that I've spoken to I know that you know the the conversations I have with Nikki and Barbara and the, the relationship and the the trusting environment that we've built there it's something similar so you know it's that environment where actually it is okay to be me I do belong there and you know actually it could be and as you know a number of the people I interviewed talked about it could be a sports team it could be a community it could be a family it could be a group a friendship group from university but actually the key thing is that you feel like you belong there so there's identity and belonging and finally the the final theme uh, that I constructed through through my research was this theme of courage which is an output so a lot of people talk about being brave making brave choices being courageous in their decision making and I think this has been reinforced through a number of these conversations is that a lot of people at times are faced with difficult decisions and challenging decisions and often big decisions over you know whether it's a career move or a you know retiring from sport move or a should I take this challenge or not um, option and courage is what that often takes and the way I position courage from the work that I've done is that if people know who they are they're curious they're surrounded by great people and they've experienced nurturing environments they are more likely to feel courageous and have that sense of bravery in order to make the difficult decisions and the difficult choices, or just to know that something feels right. But if you take one of those things away, for example, you take away the great people and the nurturing environments, or you take away a sense of curiosity, that actually you're less likely to feel courageous and brave and be able to make those decisions. And again, those are the sorts of things which... Yeah, maybe it is maybe it's it's what's called confirmation bias so you know it's something I believe so I'm always looking for things to reinforce what I believe and, and what I value uh, so perhaps perhaps that's what's at play at the moment but I certainly feel like through the conversations I've had with you know the, the 11 podcasts that I've done so far talking to people is I'm starting to see those things brought to life in a number of different ways and you know I'm truly uh you know grateful for everybody who's who's given their time and talked to me but beyond that uh, it's what I've taken from each conversation and the willingness and openness of people to share their thoughts and their um, ideas and through those conversations together we have maybe made a bit of sense and meaning out of something which previously we didn't connect and certainly I feel that perhaps you know through those conversations with a range of different people maybe we've talked about the same thing Maybe we've talked about care, maybe we've talked about risk or adventure or uh, learning or development, but everybody has had a slightly different take on it. And I think it's all of those, looking at all those different perspectives has enabled me to, you know, perhaps make a little bit more sense out of something which was previously nagging away at me that I didn't have an answer to. And I certainly don't feel that I've got all the answers yet, but having that, you know, that bank of knowledge almost that people are willing to share 
feels like it gives you, or gives me at least, uh, a real sound, a, a real strong base to be able to start to say, okay, well, what do I think of that? Oh, okay, well, you know, somebody offered me that idea, somebody else offered me that idea, but actually from my perspective and from my experience and from my research, I think this is how I'd like to, to explore it going forward. So as I maybe draw uh, this uh, reflection, hopefully it's not too much of a rambling reflection for you, um, I can't leave this podcast without uh, referencing my arguably, and I, I, I apologise to all my other guests, but arguably my favourite conversation and my favourite podcast was the one I did with my three nieces, Karis, uh, Isla and Dulcie. And to start, you know, the idea started off, I have to say, as a little bit of fun. Um, and also perhaps uh, giving my sister a break from um, the challenge of homeschooling and the three of them at each other's throats while they were trying to study and do other things. Um, but it's been really interesting. The feedback that I've had from people um, who've listened to that podcast and um, either empathised from a perspective of, oh, I've, you know, I've also got children and yes, it's been challenging, or, you know, people just saying, you know, just loving and listening to three young people sort of bouncing ideas off each other and and also actually offering some you know some real insights into some of the challenges that uh young people have been facing and my nieces in particular and uh I'm trying at the moment to persuade at least Dulcie to do um another reflective uh, another another podcast because in the last couple of weeks uh, her and Isla have both gone back to school and um, you know, I, in a conversation with Dulcie, I asked her how school had been and what was the best thing about going back to school. And her simple answer was everything. And for me, that really sort of um, brought to life and brought home some of the things that they'd been talking about when we did the podcast in the first instance about missing friends and you know not being able to see friends and not having that routine of going to school and doing the things that they normally do. Um, so the fact that now everything is great about school um, really uh, really made me smile. And um, I'm also contemplating at some point maybe uh, maybe doing an outtakes version because there were a few things that I needed to, that I had to edit out of out of that conversation. Um, but it was yeah it was it was great. It was great for me to keep connected with my family and hear them three of them talking about how, um, for example, Isla saying, actually, I've realised how much I enjoy swimming. And it's something that week in, week out, she'd be doing and perhaps moaning about having to go swimming after school. But actually now it's not there, realising that she really missed it. You know, from Dulcie talking in a mix of all sorts of crazy things that she talked about, but coming up with a relatively sensible and insightful quotes which she made up which was something along the lines of don't don't try to be anybody else just be you and you know for me who is somebody who's passionate about authentic leadership and you know my particular brand of everyday leadership you know that really um i loved hearing that and this idea that you know we are we are, are ourselves and um reflecting on on something caris said which was you know she's realized that um actually she was a bit bored of her phone which really surprised me and, um, you know, how she's now cooking and creating things and, you know, really sort of, you know, trying stuff which maybe she wouldn't have tried before. Um, so, yeah, so I had to finish perhaps with a, with a nod to that podcast and uh, just how much I'd enjoyed uh, enjoyed talking to them and in a, in a slightly different format. Um, 
So I hope it has been interesting listening to some of my reflections on uh, the conversations I've had so far. And, you know, generally a huge thank you to all my guests so far and to all my guests who I will be talking to in the coming weeks. Um, Thank you for your time, your energy, your enthusiasm and your passion. And, you know, I genuinely do believe that great people make amazing things happen. And um, thank you for continuing to listen. And I look forward to sharing stories with you um, from some amazing people in the coming weeks and months. Take care.